Hey, faithful listener, welcome to season six of the Bible Explained podcast, the podcast where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and enjoy today's discussion from the book of John. Good morning, faithful listeners. You've tuned in to the Bible Explained podcast on this lovely Tuesday morning. And this happens to also be the last episode in the book of John. We're going to be moving into the book of Acts on Thursday. So I hope you all are looking forward to that just as I am. Acts is a really fantastic and history filled book of the early church. So that's going to be a really fun and exciting book to talk about. But today, let's go ahead and finish up the book of John and let's read John chapter 21, verses 15 through 25. As always, I'll be reading out the W.E.B. or the World English Bible this morning. Please feel free to grab the version of the Bible that you prefer to read out of and also your cup of coffee. And let's give reverence to God's word this morning. So when they had eaten their breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I have affection for you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I have affection for you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you have affection for me? Peter was grieved because he asked him the third time, do you have affection for me? He said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I have affection for you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Most certainly, I tell you, when you were young, you dressed yourself and walked where you wanted to. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you don't want to go. Now he said this, signifying by what kind of death he would glorify God. When he said this, he said to him, follow me. Then Peter, turning around, saw a disciple following. This was the disciple whom Jesus loved, the one who had also leaned on Jesus's breast at the supper and asked, Lord, who is going to betray you? Peter, seeing him, said to Jesus, Lord, what about this man? Jesus said to him, If I desire that he should stay until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. This saying, therefore, went out among the brothers, that this disciple wouldn't die. Yet Jesus didn't say to him that he wouldn't die, but if I desire he stay until I come, what is that to you? This is the disciple who testifies about these things and wrote these things. We know that his witness is true. There are also many other things that Jesus did which if they would all be written, I suppose that even the world itself wouldn't have room for the books that would be written. So when we talked about the first portion of this on Thursday, we talked about how Jesus invited his disciples to have breakfast with him. And at first they didn't recognize him, but then they did and they realized it was Jesus. And so this was the third encounter Jesus had with his disciples after he had been risen from the dead. So Jesus invites them to breakfast. And when the disciples all got to the shore, because they were fishing, when they all got to the shore, Jesus did a miracle for them and they got a ton of fish in their net. And then they saw that Jesus had like breakfast ready and prepared for them, basically. So in verse 15, it starts out by saying, so when they had eaten their breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? So what is Jesus asking? Personally, I think he is reminding Peter of the time when Peter said that he basically had so much devotion to Jesus that he would go to the cross for Jesus and that he loved Jesus basically way more than the other disciples did. And he said, I will never betray you, Jesus. I will stay by your side. Even if all of these other disciples leave you, I will be here. 
And I think Jesus is reminding Peter of this. I think he first and foremost wanted to see where Peter's heart was. And secondly, I think that it was for Peter's own benefit himself. And why would this be a benefit to Peter? Well, because Jesus is reminding him that even though Peter did deny him, Jesus still wanted Peter to follow him. And so he asks Peter, Peter, do you love me more than these? So he's asking basically, do you love me more than these other disciples? Like you said earlier. And so Peter says to him, yes, Lord, you know that I have affection for you. So fun fact about the Greek language, they have like, I don't know, seven different definitions for the word love, I think it is. And Jesus is actually using the word agape here, which is agape love. He's saying, Peter, do you have agape love for me? Now, agape love is like an all-encompassing love. It's like a love that has absolutely no limits. You're going to love that person no matter what, basically. And Peter says, yes, Lord, you know that I have affection for you. So Peter uses a different word that still means love, but he doesn't use the word agape love. Instead, he uses the word phileo love, which means to have affection for somebody. And it's kind of cool that the W.E.B. takes account for that and translates it as Peter saying, I have affection for you, Jesus. Peter, I think, had a very good response here in some ways. He wasn't lying anymore. He wasn't saying, Jesus, you know, I am so much better than these other disciples here. I will go with you to the grave. He's not saying that anymore. Peter has been humbled. And so he's now recognizing his flaws and his fault where he doesn't love Jesus with that agape love that he claimed to love Jesus before Jesus died on the cross. So instead, he's saying, yes, Lord, I do have affection for you. And so Jesus says to him, feed my lambs. So what's that mean? (laughs) Because Peter was a fisherman, but now Jesus is telling him to feed the lambs. Later on, we're going to find out that pastors are called shepherds. And when you think of a shepherd, you think of somebody that protects the sheep and leads them where they're supposed to go, helps them find food, feeds them, all of that stuff. So Jesus is actually saying to Peter now, become a shepherd, (laughs) but become a shepherd of people, not just a fisherman, but a shepherd as well. Now we know that Peter was the person who was going to build the early church. Peter means the rock. And Jesus said, Peter, you are going to be the rock on which the church is built, basically. So now Jesus is calling Peter to become a shepherd of sheep, to feed the lambs. So directly after this, he then asks Peter again, almost the same question. This time he says to Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? So Instead of saying, Simon, do you love me more than these other disciples? He's now just asking Simon Peter, Peter, do you love me? Once again, Peter responds with the same exact answer. He says, yes, Lord, you know that I have affection for you. And then again, Jesus says to him, tend my sheep. So not just feed the sheep anymore, but also tend to them. Feeding sheep is easy. (laughs) 
<laughs> like you can go to a petting zoo with a bunch of food in your hand and feed the sheep, right? But tending to the sheep is a lot more difficult because you got to clean up the poop. You got to deal with the crap. You got to deal with problems and the diseases and whatever else sheep might go through. So it's a lot easier to feed the sheep than it is to tend the sheep. So now Jesus is going a step further and telling Peter, don't just be a shepherd that feeds the sheep, but also tend to them, serve them. And here, here's the thing about that, going off on a tangent here. <laughs> if you have a pastor that only feeds the congregation, but doesn't tend to them, that might, I'm not saying in every case, I'm just saying it might be an unhealthy pastor. Pastors are supposed to be servants. I was actually talking to my sister. I think I, I had her on the podcast once and, and we were talking about this subject. And if you've heard my sister's testimony, she's gone through all sorts of crazy church hurts in the past and has seen some very unhealthy pastors in her lifetime. And one of the things she was saying was one time she and her husband was like, were like cleaning up this spill or something. I'm not sure what it was. It was some sort of mess that they were cleaning up. And this pastor walks by. And he sees my brother-in-law and my sister cleaning up this mess. And he says to them, oh, I'm sorry, I would help you, but I can't get my brand new expensive shoes dirty. And he just walks away. And that really struck my sister because that showed that that pastor was unwilling to serve because he had expensive shoes that he needed to take care of. That's an unhealthy pastor. A pastor has to do more than just preach the sermon every single week. He also has to serve. He has to be a leader. He has to be a shepherd that truly cares about the sheep. So it's not enough to just feed the congregation with sermons. The sheep also have to be tended to. And so Jesus is calling Peter to a higher standard of pastoring. Not like what the Pharisees would do. Just, you know, putting all these burdens on the people and, and reading the law to them and, and making up new and irritating rules all the time that weren't even in the law. Jesus says, be better than that. Tend to the sheep, serve them. So once again, a third time in verse 17, Jesus says, Simon, son of Jonah, do you have affection for me? And notice how Jesus's language has changed. He's no longer using the word agape love. He switches over to the term that Peter is now using. Phileo love. Peter, do you have affection for me? And Peter was grieved. He was so sad that Jesus asked this for three times because think about that. Peter had denied Jesus three times. And now Jesus is asking Peter, Peter, do you love me three times and in three different ways? I do not think that Jesus was doing this to make Peter feel shameful of what he had done. But I do think that he was giving Peter an opportunity to express love for Jesus three times. Remember at the beginning where I said that Jesus was actually doing this for Peter's benefit. I do believe that because Jesus was telling Peter these three times that he wanted Peter to still love him and to still follow him. Peter was not rejected by Jesus. 
even after Peter had rejected Jesus. And Jesus was showing, no, Peter, I want you to love me. I want you to agape love me. I want you to become a shepherd, a pastor who serves and who feeds my sheep. I want these things from you. So Peter answers Jesus, Lord, you know everything and you know that I have affection for you. So Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Most certainly I tell you, when you were young, you dressed yourself and walked where you wanted to go. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you don't want to go. And so John says that the reason Jesus said this to Peter was because he was signifying the way Peter would die. Now we know that Peter most likely got hung on a cross. Legend says that he got hung upside down because Peter himself didn't want to hang on the cross the same way Jesus did out of like reverence for Jesus. So Peter requested that he hang upside down on a cross. But regardless, Peter was going to be crucified. And Jesus was telling Peter that he was going to be crucified. And I do believe Peter understood what this meant. But this was giving Peter a choice. Would Peter truly be willing to go to the cross for Jesus in his old age? Or would he once again choose to not follow Jesus? I think Jesus was giving Peter a choice here. Now, I think Jesus knew the choice that Peter was going to make because Jesus named Peter, Peter, (laughs) that he was going to, you know, build the church and everything. But I do think that this was for Peter's benefit to get Peter really thinking about some of this stuff. Like, Peter, you're not going to have an easy road ahead of you if you choose to follow me. But I still want you to follow me. I want you to feed and to tend to my sheep. I want that from you. And so now Peter had a choice if he was going to do that or not. And of course, we know that the choice that Peter ends up making And we're going to learn a lot more about that choice in the book of Acts. But in verse 19, it says, When Jesus said this, he was signifying by what kind of death Peter would glorify God. And then when he said this to Peter, he said to him, follow me. Do it for real this time, Peter. Follow me completely. Have full devotion to me. Then Peter, turning around, saw a disciple following (laughs) (laughs) Okay, this is the part that's really funny to me because this is exactly what I would do, I think. And I know I would do this because I do this already. Whenever I feel like convicted, (laughs) I'm always like, well, I feel convicted. But what about that person over there? Like they have way more to be convicted about than I do. (laughs) That's kind of what Peter does. He sees John following Jesus. But notice, wait, before I get into that, though. They did follow Jesus. Jesus said, follow me. And the disciples followed. And John was one of the disciples that chose to follow Jesus here as well. So Peter turning around saw the disciple following. And it says this was the same disciple who was leaning on Jesus at the Last Supper. Now, I'm not going to get back into the meaning of that. But if you're interested in that episode, I talked pretty in depth about that. But... um. Peter, seeing John, he said to Jesus, Lord, what about this man? (laughs) 
probably because John truly did have deep affection for Jesus. John was one of the only disciples, if not the only disciple, that followed Jesus basically to the very end to the cross and everything. Like John pretty much stuck very close to Jesus through all of it and was there for the majority of it. Peter, I would guess because of John's devotion, like shown devotion, Peter wonders what's going to happen to John. And he's probably feeling a little bit convicted himself, maybe feeling like, I want to hear something about another disciple, not just me. (laughs) And so he asks, Lord, what about this man, John? And so Jesus says to him, if I desire that he stay until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. So that's a pretty, um, a pretty blunt answer that Jesus gave to Peter. He's basically checking Peter. He's like, okay, Peter, it doesn't matter what I decide to do with John. Like if I want John to be immortal until I come again, then what's that to you? You follow me. Now, the reason this is so blunt is because this is not just for Peter, if you think about it. It's very difficult, I think, to follow Jesus when we see other people following Jesus and just having a better outcome in life. Because if you notice here, afterward, all the disciples thought that John wasn't going to die (laughs) because of what Jesus said. But it's very difficult, I think, for the average person to follow Jesus because we don't follow the ways of the world. We're not supposed to follow the ways of the world. If you've been listening to my Old Testament episodes, you'll hear how the Israelites were supposed to be very different from the cultures that were around them. They weren't supposed to follow the customs and cultures of the world. And so just like the Israelites, that's what Christians are nowadays. In a sense, we aren't supposed to be part of the world. We are supposed to be very different. And so that means that the world is going to reject Christianity because Christianity is different. It's not super comfortable. And Christianity is all about denying oneself to follow Jesus. Not to mention that Christians are also supposed to convict the world of sin. And conviction is not easy. Just as you can see here, Peter's feeling a little bit convicted. (laughs) He's feeling, oh, I might be wrong, you know. Conviction's not easy. And so people don't like to be convicted. They don't like to feel that they might be wrong. And so that's why the world rejects Christianity. The Christian lifestyle, my point is, is not super easy. But when we see another person being a Christian and following in the footsteps of Jesus, but it seems like their life is just going so much better than our lives are going, just like Jesus says, it's none of our business what those Christians are going through. We just need to focus on ourselves and what we are doing to follow Jesus. That's all that matters. And that's what Jesus is saying to Peter. Peter, focus on yourself. Don't worry about John. Don't worry about the other disciples. You follow me and I will take care of them. So it's a blunt message, but it's a good message for all of us, really. So this saying, therefore, went out among the brothers that this disciple wouldn't die. (laughs) Yeah, Jesus didn't say that he wouldn't die, but Instead, if I desire that he should stay until I come, what is that to you? So John now says that basically he's the one 
this unnamed disciple whom Jesus loves. He's the one who testifies about all these things. He's the one who wrote the entire book, basically. But John's conclusion in verse 25 is really, really cool, I think. It says, there are so many other things that Jesus did, which if they would all be written, I suppose that even the world itself wouldn't have room for all the books that would be written. That's a really, really cool statement. Saying that there were so many things about Jesus that you and I just don't know about. The disciples gave us the most important things. The people who wrote the Gospels gave us the most important stories that Jesus did. But there are so many things about Jesus that aren't written down, that we have no clue about, and things that maybe only the disciples were able to see. But as Christians, all we're supposed to do is just trust in the Gospels, trust in the witnesses who saw Jesus, and that the Gospels are inspired by the Holy Spirit, and that they are the inspired Word of God. And that's all we need to worry about. Faithful listeners, I hope you enjoyed the last episode of John, and I hope you just liked the book of John in general. And of course, if you did, please tell people that the Bible Explained podcast exists because word of mouth is just so fantastic. And I'm very thankful to all of you guys who have been listening into the podcast. And I have a nice little comment here from somebody who commented on one of my YouTube videos regarding why good things happen to bad people. I'm sorry, I'm trying to get over there, but my internet is super slow. Hang on a second. All right, I found it. This is by Caitlin Martin, who commented on why do good things happen to bad people, one of my YouTube episodes. And she said, I listen to you on the way to work every morning. It's my favorite part of my routine. You're well-spoken and break down everything perfectly. Keep doing what you're doing. I love it. P.S. Thank you for not sugarcoating things. I know it's hard in this world. Well, thank you, Caitlin. That was a very, very nice comment. And uh, I do not consider myself extremely well-spoken, which is why I choose not to do uh, public speaking events is because it's very safe behind my microphone and behind my camera where I can edit everything out when I say something not so good. But nonetheless, thank you, Caitlin, so much for this very kind and very lovely comment. Now, if you guys have comments or questions or concerns or anything, you can either email me. You're going to find my email information in the description of this podcast episode and basically every podcast episode. Or you can comment on an episode I've done either on YouTube or even on one of the podcast episodes. But friends and faithful listeners, I want to say thank you so much for tuning into this episode, and I hope you enjoyed the end of John. I will see you on Thursday for the beginning of the book of Acts, and we're going to talk about all of that. Faithful listeners, until then, happy listening, and God bless. Mm -hmm.